You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Happy Monday, everybody. We will be breaking down everything that happened Sunday on the NFL landscape. Take a quick Look ahead at Monday Night Football, Chargers at Saints. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Brian Peacock, at BD Peacock on Twitter. The scout, Matt Williamson, at Williamson NFL. Uh, We're the model of consistency, Matt, when it comes to our six-pack of picks. For three straight weeks, we've hit on half of our picks. Uh, We're still (laughs) over 500 for the year, though. Uh, Action Network, we'll talk more about their picks. Five for six, the best week for the Action Network so far. So that'll be a fun conversation with Chris on Thursday when we make our picks for week six, Matt. So uh, altogether, we're doing pretty well for ourselves here, picking games in the NFL 2020. Uh, One game that I got wrong that I think we need to get into and start here because it's one of the biggest stories around the league, and that is the Dallas Cowboys and quarterback Dak Prescott. I mean, that was gruesome. That everyone was just broken up about it. And they're, they're, and it's, it's really interesting because, and by the way, the Cowboys did win over the Giants 37-34. I had Dallas winning by more than that. They were giving up eight points on the line. So that was a loss for me in our pick And uh, that was a win for the Action Network who had the Giants plus, I believe it was eight or nine points there. So everything was paling, though, in comparison. The game, the win, and Dallas needed that win. Dallas now back in first place in the NFC East with two wins on the year, but the Dak Prescott injury and to a person like there's not a single person like how many people out there really admire and like Dak Prescott that he's encountered during his time in the NFL in college the impact he's made with the Dallas Cowboys former coaches players fans fans of other teams that are just on looking that that like Dak like it's a, it's pretty amazing universally because in the Dallas Cowboys Matt correct me if I'm wrong they're not a well-loved team around the league by other fans of other teams you know they call themselves America's team and people are like they kind of love to hate the Cowboys but everybody loves Dak Prescott and every single person was like oh my god that is the worst I hate seeing this it's just such an awful thing to see Dak go down like he did yeah I want to touch on the game super quick too because it was a very good game that unfortunately got overshadowed by a terrible gruesome incident um the Giants got up early you know, Daniel Jones throws a pick six and eventually the Cowboys inevitably get back in and probably were the better team. And frankly, they're fortunate that they have Andy Dalton. I mean, they spent good money on him and it's that investment might pay off for them enough to still win a bad division or whatever. Um, but, you know, and Darius Slayton, I thought, looked really good in this game. But back to Dak. I mean, of course, he's super easy to root for. He's on commercials. He was a mid-round pick, kind of like Russell Wilson that – um, I don't want to say he's self-made, but, you know, kind of overcame the odds to be a star, to be an easy top 10 type quarterback. And it was a gruesome one, obviously, too. And, you know, immediately he's done for the year. 
And then take it a step further, which I don't mean to sound cold, but he's a free agent after the year. Like the whole contract situation, like it feels so much better for the young man if Dallas would have made it right before the season. Right. And anytime a player holds out, like from now until the end of eternity, they'll point to Dak Prescott and be like, see, this is why I'm holding out. I want the new contract before this season starts. Uh, it's uh, and, wow. and don't blame any player that does. Oh, no, never. Because you can't. this could happen to and, anyone. And and really, you can't blame the team because that's the they're playing sure, by the rules business. too. the team has an offer out there and a player can take it or not. Or a player can decide to hold out. So really, a, a lot of people want to paint a villain one way or the other they're really pro franchise or you know want the player to take more and i've seen people even say oh well Dak had an offer he could have taken it and he didn't i mean like it's all absurd you can't really play you can't blame anybody for playing by the rules as the way they're set up so i like i don't even want to get into the contract stuff because some of it just gets too silly let let it you know if Dak wanted to sign he could have signed he didn't want to sign uh and he could have held out that would have been fine too yeah it's not a good guy bad guy it's just right two sides doing business i mean people have been vilifying jerry jones boy if he would have just signed i mean he's just doing what he thinks is best for the football team right. too you know what i mean it's just it's just unfortunate obviously right that dallas cowboys defense though they Ooh. the cowboys weren't gonna go anywhere this year as awesome as their offense was as great as dak is even with dak because the new york giants had one of the worst offenses in the nfl in fact it's funny because uh, i had the patriots defense in a fantasy league and that game getting canceled, I had to go find a new defense last minute to put in my lineup. And uh, my fantasy app told me that the most projected points on defense was the Dallas Cowboys this week because they were going against the New York Giants. And I said, nope, I am not mm. doing that. Uh, I ended up picking, up, that road. Ended up picking faith, up the Browns. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing to watch. And I thought the Cowboys were going to lose this game, too, because uh, they just can't stop anybody on defense. And that's a problem. So going yeah. forward, Dak is obviously a big issue now. But... They've got to fix it. A lot of things on defense for next year because I just can't see. You know, the, the Dallas Cowboys can't go anywhere at full strength with how their defense is playing right now. The Cowboys, the most points they scored this year in the first four weeks was sixteen. They'd only scored nine points the last two weeks, and they put up thirty-four on the Cowboys. Um, so the, when the Cowboys win, they have to outscore people. Are they still going to continue to be able to outscore people now without Dak? Uh, it's a big problem there right. in Dallas. I, I want to give the Giants a little credit though. You're one hundred percent right. This is a dreadful Cowboys defense. And that's how every game goes. And I don't know if they will going forward with Dalton or not. Just high-scoring shootout galore. But if we're going to kill the Giants for in the first four weeks for playing four of the toughest defenses in the league and not doing well, I don't know that we can kill them for having a good offensive day against a bad defense, too. Right, yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of both. It's not all just because yeah. the Cowboys are good or bad. The The Giants have some say in this as well, and it was good to see. And they're looking a little better. Right, a little bit better. Uh, Darius Slayton put up 129 yards, eight receptions there. Uh, he's one of the, uh, the really he the only like playmakers they have on yeah. offense there, which is what's tough for the Giants now without Saquon Barkley. It's like, what do you lean on when you need to put points on the board? They don't have that, but Slayton's really emerging as a potential number one, and I don't use that term lightly. We've got to get into the biggest, the next biggest story from Sunday, which was the Atlanta Falcons, which was a team we also bet on, Matt. It was one of your picks, and it was one of the Action Network's picks. Everyone correct on this one with the Panthers beating the Falcons 23-16, and the fallout there is that their head coach, Dan Quinn, and it looks like GM uh, Dimitrov also will be fired. So that's it. 0-5 Falcons, and that's a big shakeup and maybe a rebuild on the horizon. I don't know how you play this one in Atlanta. Yeah, you know, I mean, like we talked about, when Houston got let go, is it a good job or not? I lean at this one thinking, 
I don't think it is. You know, like I trust ownership to to stick with me. You know, if I were to hire you as head coach or GM, but they don't have a lot of foundational young pieces. And yeah, they'll they'll earn themselves a pretty early pick, I'm sure, this year. But other than Calvin Ridley, and I mean, there, I can name some others. Don't get me wrong, but there's not a young quarterback in the wings. the The line has some older guys. I mean, there's just uh, it might be a while. And it's a move that had to happen. Yeah, it's a move that had to happen. They're, the contract situations with both Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, which would be the obvious pieces if you're going to rebuild, to move them, get some draft picks, and move on with a new quarterback. And if you're a team that's not going to win many games, you're going to be drafting high, which makes that a lot easier to draft a quarterback high in the first round and, and move on from your older veteran quarterback. There's still some good years, I think, for Matt Ryan left. And I think some teams would love to have Matt Ryan right sure. now. But obviously, things they've tried... They've tried the current setup and it's not working. So I think they do have to shake things up. Problem is the contract situations, there's massive dead money for both of those players. So I don't know what the viability is of trading those guys going forward. No, no, I 100% hear you. I mean, it's not an easy, quick rebuild. I'd much rather start with Deshaun Watson than what's in Atlanta, even yes. though Atlanta will have more picks. That division doesn't look easy. Although how much longer are Breeze and Brady going to be roaming you know, the division? Uh, I think it sets up really well for Carolina, who is the overlooked story here. They kind of wiped the floor a little bit with Atlanta. Carolina isn't bad. I mean, they're they are rebuilding at a faster pace than I expected, or further along than I expected. And Bridgewater's playing well. I mean, Moore and Anderson are a good tandem. Mike Davis is filling in remarkably well for McCaffrey, and the defense has a little bit of talent too. So. Carolina looks like they're going the right way. Atlanta absolutely has gone the wrong way. And I think that Atlanta move is the right call. And I'm not a big fan of, you know, during the season changes, but I, I can't argue in Houston and Atlanta. Yep. It, it totally had to happen in yeah. Atlanta. I, I agree with you. And the Carolina Panthers, look out, three and two Carolina Panthers. Everything that's going on since Matt Rule took over. I love the statements that they're making, too. Looks bad to start the season, and we thought maybe it's one of the worst rosters in the NFL would be a rough year for them, but then coming out and how quickly they've developed, they drafted all defensive players in the draft. I thought that was a huge yeah. statement and I love that. And, and Matt rule early returns seem great with how quickly he's gotten them on the right track. So uh, a lot of positive going on there in Carolina. And you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater, 313 yards, a couple of touchdown passes, 27 of 37 efficiency there. Saw the big play from DJ Moore. So there, there's a lot to like about the direction that the Carolina Panthers are heading right now. And, you know, maybe a little tease to our Wednesday stock up, stock down. I think we will um, we will have some players in that Carolina Panthers black and yeah, blue like showing up on our stock up segment Wednesday. And back to like the future in that division. I said this repeatedly over the summer, 2022 in the South, I'll bet every penny on the Panthers right now. And maybe 2021. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, that's, okay. Along those same lines, as there's another team I'm feeling the same way about. Let's keep this moving. We've got to break down so okay. many more games from Sunday and preview Monday night football coming up on Peacock and Williamson. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, 
So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Matt, I think it's a great point you brought up about the Panthers and buying stock in where they are. And, and you know, 2020 is going to be rough, but you see what they've got in the division and, you know, Breeze and Brady. And it's like, okay, 2021, 2022, maybe this is your squad. And when I'm looking at the Panthers as the way they're currently constructed, they're, they might not be drafting high enough to get one of those top quarterbacks. So maybe this actually won't. is Teddy Bridgewater's team for a while, which I thought he was more of a stopgap quarterback for them coming into the year. Yeah, yeah I agree. And it kind of reminds me, remember a couple of years ago, the Bills really had no business making the playoffs. They were a total rebuild. They were trading, getting rid of like Watkins and Woods and all the yeah. old guys. And they snuck into the playoffs like that wasn't supposed to happen. I kind of feel like par- the Panthers are one of those type of teams. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. And it looks like the NFC is opening up to a few more teams than we thought coming into the year, which is a perfect segue to uh, one team going in the wrong direction in my San Francisco 49ers, who I actually picked against, and I took the Dolphins with getting nine points in that game. I didn't see a 43-17 win by the Dolphins at Levi's Stadium in the 49ers' house. I mean, that was an embarrassing loss for Kyle Shanahan's 49ers as currently constructed. And talk about a team that you're buying stock in 2021, 2022, all those extra draft picks. We still haven't even seen their quarterback of the future in Tua yet, uh, the Miami Dolphins. And I mean, what are we talking about? January, February 2023, Miami Dolphins, Carolina Panthers Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's not the craziest thing I ever heard. I mean, I'm not sure Mahomes and Lamar and those guys are going <laughs> away anytime soon, but Tua versus Teddy, and Teddy's got like that Niner team around him where they they build a great defense and they have all kinds of you know big time playmakers around him, and he caretakes them to the Super Bowl. Sure, I mean that's not the craziest thing I ever heard. I mean, you mentioned the final score in this Niner Dolphin game, but the more alarming one to me is thirty to seven at the half, and Miami only punted twice in this game. Like I didn't see that coming. I'm sure you didn't either. It was amazing. It, it was the exact yeah. opposite blueprint of how the 49ers won two weeks ago against the Giants, where they didn't punt a single time and it won 36 to nine. I think it was like that. And Dolphins went up early, scored in the first two drives. The 49ers had to get away from the running game a little bit. By the way, uh, Raheem Mostert back and looked great, eight yards per carry, but he could only carry it 11 times. They had to go to the through the air. And Jimmy Garoppolo, th- this this is what was key. And this is what, if you want to listen to more about this game, I don't want to get too deep into it here. You can check out Locked On 49ers, but. Kyle Shanahan was outcoached by Brian Flores. Like I'm, I've been impressed at every turn. We talked about Matt Rule getting that ship in the right direction. The same thing's going on with the Miami Dolphins. I love what Brian Flores is doing. He had his team better prepared going across the country, 3,000 miles to play the 49ers, and they were more ready to play. And there was there were multiple decisions that I think hurt the 49ers that happened before the game even started, and that was starting Jimmy Garoppolo too soon. It was the worst we'd seen from yeah. Garoppolo. He didn't have his feet under him with the high ankle sprain. Ball, the ball was fluttering around, a couple of bad interceptions. He just wasn't, it wasn't him. He, he wasn't throwing the ball well. And then you got to go to C.J. Beathard, and, and we know who C.J. Beathard is, a third-string quarterback in the NFL. And then they started Brian Allen, who you know from, was drafted in Pittsburgh, didn't even play last yeah. year. They brought him in off the street. He was on the practice squad. They thought, well, he's tall at least, 
and Dolphins have some tall wide receivers. So let's start him. And then he just got bombed on left and right, as you would expect <laughs> by a good coach and a, a veteran quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I thought that was a couple of really poor decisions for Kyle Shanahan. Back up against the wall in some ways because maybe there's not a lot better decisions to be made, but I thought starting those two players looked really bad in the end. Yeah, and I'm sure you and your Locked On Niners people were aware of this, but I wanted the national folks to know the two and three Niners now face the Rams at New England, at Seattle, Green Bay, and then a trip to New Orleans. It's the most difficult schedule the rest of the way in the NFL the 49ers have, and they're already below 500 going into that stretch, not playing good football. Jimmy Garoppolo still isn't ready uh, and who knows if he will be ready in, in another week to, to face the Rams. I have a feeling it's going to be Nick Mullins again next week. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it's not a good situation there in San Francisco for, for where the 49ers are this season and just playing bad all around. And the offensive line isn't even the most banged up unit and they're playing bad too. So I don't That's know. That's one of the most shocking on. things to me. Like you watch more than me, but like, I'm not sure. I mean, Trent Williams doesn't look like an upgrade over Joe Staley. You know, he did the first that, three weeks. That's the thing. Yeah. In the last two games, he's played really poor. And I don't know if maybe there's a secret injury there that we don't know about, but he shut down Chandler Jones in week one. We're like, okay, well, there's that all pro left tackle. Awesome. Amazing. And then the last two weeks, he's not played well. Mike McGlinchey playing his worst ball on the, yeah. at the red right tackle, too. So it's uh, multiple things are going on right now, which is sort of head scratching for the 49ers. The only teams they've beat have not won a game yet in the New York Giants and the New York Jets. And the defense isn't close to what it was a year ago. And right. injuries obviously have something to do with that. But and I mean, the defense not a top is actually three or four defense. Yeah, I've been impressed by how well the defense has played despite the injuries, losing three of their four best players, and they still played pretty well. And, and it all kind of just fell apart this week. All right, let's keep it going with the Raiders and the Chiefs. You talked about how looking ahead <laughs> to 2022, that uh, you know Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, they're they're going to have something to say about what's going on for a while in the NFL and in the AFC specifically, but. Man, the Raiders are like a bipolar team this year in the NFL, knocking off teams that you think are much better than them and then losing games that you think are completely winnable. They go into KC, where there are actually some fans in the seats, and beat the Chiefs 40-32. to 32. Did you see the Raiders putting up 40 points this week? No, and if you told me the Raiders put up 40 in this game, I would have said the Chiefs put up 70. <laughs> <laughs> like I decided it was going to be a blowout. I don't care what the score is. I give the Raiders all the credit in the world. I think John Gruden has proven to be a very good coach. Um, I know we need to hustle through these a little bit, but I thought their car played really well. And then the two things I wanted to take away most, though, from this Raiders, particularly their offense, was Henry Ruggs being back matters. You know, that he was drafted for a reason. I don't know how many times in the offseason before the draft even happened, I said, Henry Ruggs might not be the best rookie receiver, but he'll have the best, the most impact on whatever team he goes to. And then I'm sure Gruden is still smiling, watching Josh Jacobs close out the Chiefs in like a four minute offense behind a big, powerful offensive line. Yeah. And hey, the, the Chiefs don't worry me. They're not playing great, but they won 13 in a row. They stumbled. Such is life. Oh, yeah. No worry about the Chiefs. More here. I was impressed with what the Raiders were able to do. And yeah, a a player like Henry Ruggs changes your offense. Henry Ruggs only has six catches on the season. He's only played in three games so far this year because he was out for a while with that injury. He's averaging 29 and a half yards per catch. He's got a 72 yarder, a 45 yarder, uh, multiple just big plays. It's so impactful for a defense because that takes one less player you know, theoretically out of the box against most teams because you have to factor in what Ruggs can do and how quickly he can strike on you, which helps out Jacob. So, you know, John Gruden was smiling ear to ear with what he drew up in the offseason as how he wanted his team to look on offense 
coming to fruition against a division rival this week. Exactly. Just Josh Jacobs being his Cadillac Williams and grinding people out, you know. That brings us to the New York Jets. Still the worst team in football, 0-5. And, and this is what's funny. A lot of 49ers fans are like, oh, let's just tank for Trevor. The Niners need a new quarterback. like, you're not getting Trevor Lawrence because there's too many bad teams in the NFL right now. There's uh, 11 teams, could be 12 tonight, with the Chargers that have one or fewer wins right now. The Jets are 0-5. I don't know if there's a win on the schedule for the Jets. They lost to the Cardinals 30-10. I mean, if you got a crystal ball out and said the Jets would play this bad and two coaches got fired before Adam Gase, I would have said, <laughs> yeah. you're out of your mind. I mean, he's got to be next. Um, a get-right game for the Cardinals. I don't want to – the Cardinals were struggling. This was a, a slump buster. This was great for them. Um, they averaged 2.8 yards more per play than the Jets. I mean, there's just not much to get excited about in New York. And now it's time to look at the Cardinals and be like, okay, they're getting back to where they can play – they still are working on some things, too. Murray's a work in progress. That shouldn't surprise anybody. And Chandler Jones could be out for the year. Yeah, there's going to be some ups and downs for the Cardinals this year, it looks like. But um, I think they're a pretty good litmus test for if you're a good or bad team, right? And they'll beat some bad teams, and they might lose to some good teams. DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins, though, helping everybody's fantasy teams out. Six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown there. Yeah, the, the Jets are the get-well team to face this right. year. Absolutely. Here what ails you. The Pittsburgh Steelers are still unbeaten 4 and 0 oh now after beating the 1-3 and 1 Eagles 38 to 29. This was the Chase Claypool show. Yeah, and I've mentioned it here and I didn't get to go to any of the the practices this offseason because very very few were, but everyone that came back was always like, dude, he's unbelievable. You know, like this is not a fluke. People in the organization and close to the team expected this. I mean, not four touchdowns a game, but that he would be maybe a Mike Evans-like stud. And he's a freak and keeps proving it over and over. Um, A couple little Steeler notes. I read today, and it doesn't shock me, that Ben has thrown – the percentage of throws short of the sticks, he leads the league in. And he also leads the league in – the 2.3 seconds of getting it out of his hands, the quickest in the league. So it's a lot of short throws yards after catch. I really like the Steelers offensive personnel, not just their starting five in terms of weapons, but they go about eight deep, nine deep with, you know, they lose Deontay Johnson. It doesn't matter. They throw a lot of offensive personnel packages at you. And I, I use the the reference with my friends that Ben's kind of become Stockton and not Malone. You know, I mean, his game has really changed as a distributor. This was a bad game by the Steelers defense, though, which I thought was the best in the league. Their corners got picked on. Um, I thought Wentz played very well. This Travis Fulgham guy looked for real yeah. contested catches, getting open left and right. Eagles played hard. Um, it was a good game, and the Steelers didn't dominate. They are undefeated, and the four teams they've played have a very, very bad record, and we'll see their stretch. Like like your Niners, their stretch of tough games starts next week. As we all predicted coming into 2020, that Week 5 matchup, Travis Fulgham versus Chase Claypool, is going to be a must-see. All right, big wins for the Browns, the Seahawks, the rest of the Sunday slate coming up. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off. Or blame ourselves, saying something like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. 
With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Folks, we've told you a lot about Built Bars, and Built Bars sent me a box, and that lasted about five minutes in my house. Since then, I've re-upped. I am a fan. My family is a fan. It's a protein bar that really tastes like a candy bar, and it comes in 16 amazing flavors. Eight of them are chocolate and nut flavors, and eight of them are chocolate and nut-free flavors. So they're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are super healthy as well. They're great for the health-conscious guy or lady or whomever. Uh, lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. So go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. You'll be happy about it. You'll definitely be happy about it. I knocked one out this morning. All right, Matt, let's get to the Los Angeles Rams who beat up on Washington in Washington, 30 to 10. I don't know if there's much you can take away from this game. Four and one Rams, uh, one and four Washington now who had that nice win in week one. Uh, The big story here has to be the comeback of Alex Smith. Is he comeback player of the year just for stepping on the field? No, I'm I'm sounding so coarse, but I hate that logic. Like you got to play well and uh, I, this sounds mean. I don't mean it to sound mean. It, I'm just talking about football and what goes on between the white lines. I'm rooting for Alex Smith, but Allen's Al, Kyle Allen gets hurt. Smith comes in, and I felt like every time they panned to the stands or his family or everyone watching was just like holding their breath that he didn't get hurt. I mean, that was just the feeling I had. And they got sacked collectively eight times. Yeah. They threw for seventy yards. And the the offense produced 2.1 yards per play, which is just rare. I mean, it is pathetic in this league to be that bad. And I, the whole time I'm kind of thinking, like, Haskins. You know, I mean, why not learn with him at least instead <laughs> yeah. of this situation, you know? The, Has- the Haskins situation is odd to demote him all the way to a point where he's not even in uniform and you have uh, Alex Smith in there. And he's an awesome story. He's really cool. It, yeah, I held my breath though. You're right. Like when he gets gobbled up by Aaron Donald, it's like, oh god, is this, this four sacks? You just hope that it doesn't go the wrong <laughs> direction there. But it was really cool to see him come through it. Okay, and he got tackled and he popped up. Yeah. I mean, he was checking it down. He only averaged 2.2 yards per attempt there on his 17 per uh, 17 attempts. So um, yeah, that was it. Wasn't like he was slinging it to try to bring that team back or anything like that. But a really cool story to see him back on the field. But I'm with yes. you. Like the the Haskins thing is as a total head scratcher because. What are you even doing? Yeah, what are you even doing is, is really the, the bottom line. And I get that maybe Haskins isn't working hard enough. It doesn't know the offense. We're going to teach young man a lesson or we're going to trade him or whatever. But then you get that on the field. You know, like Aaron Donald sacking guys four times and eight sacks. And it's bad. I mean, I think they rival the Jets as the worst team in the league now. 
Uh, we got to move. Hard to say. We got to move quickly. One quick note yeah. though on the Rams' backfield, which is frustrating for fantasy owners. Cam Akers back and did average six point eight yards per carry. Uh, I think he's clearly the best running back there, and might I do too. Might own that backfield somewhat soon now. Now that he's healthy, and, and it might look like what you thought it was going to look like coming into the year, as far as. Uh, how touches are spread about there with Daryl Henderson having a nice little run, but Cam Akers is clearly better, I think. Yeah, uh, pick him up now in fantasy while you can. He's yes. about to skyrocket up, and his stock's already climbing. The Baltimore Ravens beat up on the Bengals 27-3. to The Bengals are now 1-3-1 and on the year. Ravens at 4-1. We'll make this one quick. I mean, the Ravens beat up on the Bengals, as you said. Game was never really in doubt. but. You know, Lamar was on the injury report this week. I still don't think he's throwing the ball particularly well. And there was three, maybe four instances that Cincinnati could have not so difficultly picked them off. And, you know, I mean, I'm just saying that there's it's not it's not looking the same on offense yet. And that's why I think they're going to be even better, because I think it will improve there. And we did see finally that uh, that. Jackson to Marquise Brown connection, a 30 yarder. There's more big plays to come from that offense. And hopefully, you know, it all comes together when they need it for for Baltimore. And and by the end of the year, they'll be playing even better. And they can already, at, you know, at, blow teams out twenty seven to three, right? Yeah. And in the meantime, their defense was awesome. And I'm with you. I think they'll get it right. Like I would buy stock in Lamar right now. It's only going to go up. Yes, absolutely. The Houston Texans beat the Jaguars 30-14. This is one of the picks that uh, I got wrong. I went with the Jaguars. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to buy the 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 head coach bump. But I was wrong. A rejuvenated. Houston Texans team got their first win of the year. I think the Jags are falling into the bottom, bottom tier as well. Their defense is horrendous. If DJ Chark isn't humming or healthy, the offense does nothing. And good work for Cleveland or for Houston. I'm sorry. You know, Brandon Cooks had a big day. Watson had a big day. That's what you would expect before the season started in this game. A sneaky great game on the schedule this week was the Cleveland Browns at home. Yeah. They beat the Colts 32-23. Browns now look out 4-1 and one on the year. Yeah, I think the Browns are a serious playoff contender. Miles Garrett's playing at a defensive MVP type of level. I don't like either one of these quarterbacks. And Mayfield took some shots, and not a lot was asked of him. And I think Rivers, this sounds extreme and a hot take, but... If I was in charge of that team, I might go to Jacoby Brissett. I think Rivers is a problem and just puts the ball in harm's way too much. But really good Colts D, um, good football game. I mean, these two could definitely be meet again. It's sounding more and more like, and just monitoring folks that follow the Colts closely, that Phillip Rivers is definitely holding that team back more so than, than I think so. catapulting them forward like they hoped this year. Yeah, and, and frankly, I predicted that. I thought he was done last year. He did. I, you know, I, I'm not a fan at this stage of his career, and I kind of hope he hangs it up because it kind of feels a little bit like, you know, Joe Namath with the Rams or something. A thriller on Sunday night football, the Seattle Seahawks. What a game. Driven down the field by Russell Wilson, finding DK Metcalf for the game winner, 27-26. All 27 of those points coming in the second half for the Seahawks. Yeah, how about this little number? I mean, in the first half, Seattle ran seven pass plays and seven run plays. Minnesota ran 40 first half plays. That's amazing. And Dalvin Cook's just running rampant. Then he gets hurt, and it's like 21 unanswered by Seattle. Like, all of a sudden, it was like, that guy's out. We remember who we are. Boom. And then it's just a really even game at the end. 
Russell Wilson had Russell Wilson had thrown for 140 yards before the last drive and then walked walked away coolly with a 27-26 victory. You know, like that's just who he is. How I mean, many just, teams win the game when they're beaten in time of possession 40 to 20? Right. <laughs> right. It's amazing. I mean, most quarterbacks don't pull that off. And there's a lot of talk now that DK Metcalf might be Julio Jones level. You know what I mean? Like not just a nice little number, a nice number two that doesn't look like anybody else who runs downfield, but right. might be a top five type receiver. Yeah, I'm open I've, to that idea. I've seen some Terrell Owens comparisons because of how big he is. And yeah. I, I can see that. I kind of like that, actually. T.O. is a physical freak. T.O. is probably better after the catch, better yes. route runner. Yeah. But I mean, T.O. is one of the best receivers to ever lived. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's high <laughs> oh, praise, yeah. you know, that's high yeah. praise. And it, you're looking at Chase Claypool that has that profile of just yeah. ungodly large and fast. And the league's going to smaller, quicker wide receivers, but uh, maybe they're there's always they're missing for the forest for the trees with some of these athletic, big, fast, freak wide receivers that have that have slipped in the, deep into day two recently. Yeah, I mean, you can always take a freak and a good organization will use them great. With a great quarterback, an MVP quarterback oh, yeah, right. right now in Russell Wilson. And by the way, this is the first ever 5-0 and start in Seahawks history. Wow. I mean, he did that last drive in a pretty good rain. I mean, it was quite the game. I think the Vikes are getting better. Like, they are. It no. might be too late, but they're they're a very good 1-4 team. They're, yeah, they're 1-4, but they're playing better than that. And it's going to be a rough year for them because um, you know, you're in that big of a hole already. So even if they do get things right, I think they're, they're going to have too, too many problems on defense. To be in it, even if they they are fixing things on offense and not having Dalvin Cook really really hamstrings that offense, mm-hmm. but they're not as bad as as maybe their record would look right now. Yeah, and it looks like Cook may or may not play next week, and then they have a bye, so maybe he sits next week. All right, good stuff. That is the Sunday games. Really quick, let's make a pick for Monday Night Football. We don't have a lot of time left. It is the one and three Chargers at the two and two Saints. I'm just really excited to watch Herbert, to be honest with you. I'm very intrigued with him. He's much better than I thought. But I think the Saints defense probably shows us that it's better than it's looked this year, that it's closer to last year's version. And I like the way Drew Brees played. No Michael Thomas tonight. It looked like he was trending downward to begin with, and then he got in a fight or something, and now he's weird. But okay, I'm shocked that they would not play Michael Thomas. My My quick take on that was, he was probably questionable towards not playing, and then we're just going to set an example as opposed to probable to play. Right. Oh, yeah. No, they're, they they weren't going to hold him out if he could play, I have a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. amazing. Wide receivers always have this. It, what makes a great wide receiver also makes them somebody that, the, the way I always, the way that I always put it is like, you wouldn't want to serve them like at a coffee shop in the morning, right? Like they, they, they grind so hard all day as a receiver uh, and you know from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed and you see so many weird wide receivers you see this with corners too and I think it's just the competitive nature of those positions and the one-on-one aspect and I think sometimes those attitudes can grind their teammates and people around them a little bit as well so um, I don't know if it's it's, a selfish position right yeah and I don't know if it's something to look deep into or he's just frustrated because he's not playing right now but yeah when you're Get in a fight with teammates, and I, I don't know all the details of that. I'm sure we'll hear more and more of that, but it's not a great situation with the Saints season not going as well as they had hoped either. No, and I've never heard anything about him being a bad character guy mm-hmm. or anything like that. I mean, it's probably an isolated incident. 
They just gave him a lot of money. They love him. I mean, maybe he's just a frustrated player right now who wants to help the team. Uh, New Orleans favored by seven here. I might take the points with the Chargers. I, I, I like them to keep it close. I do too. And I think uh, Bosa and company will get after Breeze fair enough. Chargers always play play tight games. I mean, if you're going to give me the Chargers plus seven against anybody, I'll take them. If you're going to take the Chargers minus seven, I'll take the other team. <laughs> That's well put. Well put. I'm with you on that. <laughs> uh, Chargers and Saints, though, should be fun. I'm excited to watch. Uh, I-, I love the the matchups. And we we had we had one last week too for Herbert against Tom Brady. So he gets to go back to back against Hall of Famers as a rookie. So that's fun for him. Cool thing to tell your kid, your grandkids, you yeah. know, thirty years from now, and you have your own Hall of Fame ring or whatever. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, when I was a rookie, see those Hall of Famers, see those guys that have bronze statues. They both came back to beat me when I was a rookie. <laughs> right, and then maybe so, a better player. Yeah. Or who knows? Yeah, we'll right. see if uh, yeah, we'll see if Drew Brees can come back and win like Tom Brady did last week uh, for the Saints. All right, good stuff, Matt. Thank you so much. Always fun. We will break down everything that happened on Monday Night Football on Tuesday show. We will do our two minute warning. That is your questions. We will talk about the upcoming Tuesday Night Football game that hopefully is still on between the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. You can sounds, get those. Sounds good so far. Yeah. Oof. Just well, good work, crossing right? fingers over here. Any positive tests. Yeah, crossing fingers. Uh, okay. You can hit me up with those two-minute warning questions at BD Peacock, tag Matt at Williamson NFL. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.